One of my lifelong goals has always been to do an Ironman triathlon, and being able to do that two weeks after my 60th birthday, it was, you know, to me it was almost miraculous. And to experience the things I hear from these really amazing professional Olympic athletes and be able to, to, to experience that myself as far as performance and recovery it was really pretty amazing. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks so much for giving the show a listen this week, a download, a view, wherever it is in the world that you are, we appreciate the fact that you are here. I'm going to start this week by telling you a little story. The NFL, it kicked off the season last week, their 100th season, by the way. And in Philadelphia, the Eagles found themselves down 20-7 to to Washington. And then Carson Wentz and company rattled off 25 straight points, dominating the second half en route to a 32-27 to victory. And then meanwhile, just outside of Boston, Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots trampled, absolutely trampled the Pittsburgh Steelers 33-3. And then over in the Windy City, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers upset the Chicago Bears 10-3. And Wesley Woodyard and the Tennessee Titans, they went up to Cleveland and put a damper on the Browns opening day celebration, coasting to an easy 43-13 victory over one of the most hyped teams in the league coming into the season. So what do all of these guys have in common? Well, it's not just that they got the season off on the right foot. You see, Wentz and Rodgers and Woodyard and Brady, the greatest of all time, they all eat exclusively or nearly exclusively plant-based diets. It is fueling their careers. And for Brady, completely rewriting the rules for all quarterbacks. He's not just shattering records on the field. He is shattering the ceiling of longevity. The average age of a starting quarterback in the NFL is just a shade under 30 years old. And here he is more than two decades beyond that and outperforming everyone on the list. Here's a little bit more perspective, too. Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback, the first overall pick in this year's draft, was just two years old when Brady threw his first pass in the NFL. Kyler was still in diapers. How crazy is that? So that kind of madness is what we're going to be talking about on today's show. Why so many athletes are turning to a plant-based diet. It's not really madness, though. It's science. And it's not just limited to the NFL either. Basketball players, baseball players, soccer players, they're all fueling up on plants. And man, it is a lot of fun to watch from the sideline, too. And even if you're not a pro athlete, really, who among us is? So even if you're not a pro athlete, you can still reap the benefits. 
because on today's show is another ageless wonder. This is a gentleman who just completed his first Ironman triathlon at the age of 60. Think about that for a second. 60 years old and putting his body through one of the most physically exhausting challenges known to man. The only thing more impressive than the actual competition was how he felt the next day. When his fellow competitors, many of them less than half his age, could barely walk and he's moving around like nothing ever happened. That, my friend he says, is a testament to his plant-based diet. Dr. Jim Loomis is his name. And not only is he an inspiration, he is also featured in the upcoming film, The Game Changers. And that is a documentary shattering myths and bro science about athletes and nutrition. Now, here's the other cool thing about Dr. Loomis. Not only is he an athlete himself, but he used to be in charge of keeping multi-million dollar superstars healthy because he was the team physician for the St. Louis Cardinals of Major League Baseball and the Rams in the NFL. So he has a ton of perspective from both sides of the aisle. And then after we speak with Jim... We're going to be hearing from a young man who is taking a plant-based diet for a test bin for the very first time. And this guy, he's, he's fairly athletic. He loves to play sports recreationally, and he's looking for just a little bit of an edge. Get a leg up on that competition. So we will be tracking his journey as well. And I really think that the vegan curious among us, they're going to get a lot out of this particular interview. But before we bring on Dr. Loomis, I wanted to share with you the trailer for the Game Changers documentary, which hits theaters September 16th. One and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. I ate a lot of meat. They showed us commercials. Steak. That's what a man eats. Selling that idea that real man eat meat. Serious man food. But you got to understand that's marketing. That's not based on reality. I've been teaching fighting techniques to government agencies for more than 15 years. Then I got injured. Unable to teach for at least six months. I spent more than a thousand hours studying science on recovery and nutrition. And stumbled across a study about the Roman gladiators. The gladiators were predominantly vegetarian. How could the original professional fighters be so powerful, eating only plants? When I made the switch to a plant-based diet, I qualified for my third Olympic team. I broke two American records. I was like, man, I should have done this a long while ago. When I went plant-based, I wasn't sure if I was going to survive. And I actually became like a machine. One of the biggest misconceptions in sports nutrition is that we have to have animal protein to perform at a high level. That's just not true. Sometimes you have to do things that you know your competitors aren't doing. Today's blood and yesterday's blood. I think this is going to wake a lot of people up. 
I was recovering better, not getting as sore. This was our best season in the last 15 years, and we had 14 guys on plant-based diets. We all want to feel great, have more energy. Cholesterol was 276. Today, 169. Whoa, now you're talking. Most guys my age can keep up with the grandchildren. My grandchildren can't keep up with me. It's not one set of dietary guidelines for improving your performance as an athlete. Another one for reversing heart disease, reversing diabetes. It's the same for all of them. Someone asked me, how could you get as strong as an ox without eating any meat? And my answer was, have you ever seen an ox eating meat? Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll, sitting across the table from Dr. Jim Loomis, fresh from a triathlon up in Lake Placid. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Always great to be here. It, yeah. it is my pleasure. I've been trying to get you back on the show forever. <laughs> it seems to me like your stock is just on the rise right now. So you, you did the, the triathlon and obviously Game Changers. That documentary is about yeah. to come out. It's, it's a heck of a time to be studying the correlation between plant-based diet and athletic performance. No, it really is. And, um, you know, having, you know, one of my lifelong goals has always been to do an Ironman triathlon and, uh, you know, being able to do that two weeks after my 60th birthday, uh, was, you know, to me, it was almost miraculous. Um, and, and, you know, being able to put into practice the things I talk about and the things I, and to experience the things I hear from these um, really amazing professional Olympic athletes and be able to, to, to experience that myself as far as performance and recovery what was really pretty amazing. And so that, that's the other reason, by the way, I, my training over the past nine months has been pretty intense and so didn't have a lot of free time over that time frame. Yeah, no kidding. Let's, let's talk about that triathlon in those nine months because yeah. it, it has been fascinating to follow you on social media. You're very yeah. active on Facebook kind of posting your adventures. Yeah. So um, for those who aren't familiar with triathlons, how many Michaels, uh, how, how many, how many Michaels, how many miles did you pedal, swim, run? Yeah. What's, what's the total? So, so I did a full Ironman in Lake Placid uh, on July 28th and that's a 2.4 mile swim. Uh, mm -hmm. followed by a 112-mile bike, followed by a marathon, 26.2-mile run. Oof. And uh, you have 17 hours to complete that total, and the clock starts when you jump in the water, and it finishes when you cross the finish line. And so that it includes the transition times between the swim and the bike and the bike and the run. And, um, you know, I had um, – one of my kind of bucket list things has always been to do an Ironman. I, I – Start, it was a pretty competitive road runner in, in med school, a mm -hmm. marathoner, 10K, ran track in college, middle distance, kind of got away from it. Um, in the late 80s, got introduced triathlon by a good friend down in Little Rock, where I uh, was at the time. And, um, you know, kind of got into the sport, got, learned about Ironman, put it on the list, got married, had kids, kind of life got in the way. And uh, as I think I've told on, on this show before, uh, in 2010, um, hurt my knee, played with my dog, put on a ton of weight, got really unhealthy, saw forks over knives, got my health back over the summer of, of 2000, over the, between the July of 2011 and, and the end of the, uh, the year. To, so in January of 2012, I was able to exercise again. And, and you know, in July of 2013, so almost two years to the day after I transitioned to a plant-based diet, I did a half Ironman in mm -hmm. Muncie, Indiana. So, so that's a you know 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, 13.1 mile run, and that really I thought was the limit of my 
physical capabilities. And I'd kind of checked it off the list and thought I was done. And in 2015, I moved here. My training kind of drifted away. It wasn't quite as intense just because as we were getting BMC, Bernard Medical Center, ramped up. Um, But as I started to contemplate turning 60 and what that meant and this idea of an Ironman kind of resurfaced. And um, so I kind of bounced it off some friends because it's it's a huge time commitment from a training standpoint, which we'll talk about in a sec. But but I started to bounce it off some friends. I talked to my friend Dotsie Bausch. uh, uh, Olympic cyclist, Cyclist who I'd met through the Game Changers. We were in in, um, uh, Boulder uh, in an event for her Switch for Good project. Mm -hmm. Um, And she introduced me to Joe Gambles, who's a professional Triathlete who actually came in second place in, overall at, at Lake Placid when I was there and qualified for the World Championships in Kona, Whoa. and he uh, he encouraged me to to, to do it and, and was kind enough to connect me with uh, uh, the folks at Quintana Roo uh, uh, who who I was able to get a, a really nice triathlon bike, um, and so and then I went to the International Plant Based Nutrition Conference last year and again talked to some friends and they said you got to do it and so October 1st last year I signed up and that day I started training and I spent the first few months just kind of building base just you know get I was getting up early trying to work out twice a day you know lift and lift and bike one day swim and run the next day just kind of get my body used to the two a day training and then by March, you know, the training really became intense where, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking 20 hours a week of, of training. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really all-consuming. But, but, you know, working on nutrition and hydration strategies. And, and in May, I did a half Ironman um, in Chattanooga as a warm-up, and that went quite well. And, um, and then July 4th weekend, I went up to Lake Placid and trained on the course. And by then, I knew I could, I could probably do this. And, and um and I did. Yeah. So it was a pretty amazing, long but uh, an ex- but an, an exhausting but exhilarating day. Um, I think it's funny. Like I, I think that you subtly put the pressure on yourself to do this the second that you started asking friends, "Should yeah. I do oh, this?" That's right. Because that's then right. the, you know that they're going to follow up. Why didn't you do it? Have right. you signed up yet? Right, What's right, wrong with right. you, Jim? And I think too the fact that I broadcast it that I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't quit. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I think by, by posting on Facebook, you know, I, I knew that, that I was committed all in because I can't, you know, can't, I can't, I can't stop. Right. Yeah. Because, um, and, and, you know, and it's interesting. So besides being bucket list, one of the reasons I wanted to do it was to really and truly show people that when we lead a healthy lifestyle, when we, when we eat right, we exercise regularly, we control our stress, we get a good night's sleep, we don't drink too much alcohol, we don't smoke, we truly have the ability to decouple our chronologic age from our biologic age. Right. And, and you know, I'm always going to be older. Everyone's, you're always going to be older next year chronologically. But in fact, I took 20, 30 years off my life since 2000. 11 and and that just accelerated during this training i lost a you know fair amount of weight just just because i was exercising so much and so now when people ask me how old i am i'm telling them i'm 30 with 30 years experience right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good way of but, looking at but, it but that's how i feel yeah. right because yeah. because you know if you look at the modern healthcare system the way it the way it what we the way i was taught in med school what we call healthcare you know, we can abuse our bodies fairly significantly and it, you know, would catch up with us. Sure. Right? It used to be 40, now it's 20s and 30s. So you come to see me when you're 30, 40 and your blood pressure is high. You know, I was taught to, I might talk about lifestyle, but it would be 
you know, lose some weight, cut back on your salt, exercise more. But impl- that, that was the whole conversation. Right, right. And implicit in the message was, I don't think you can do it. Right. So I'm giving you some pills. And then you would come back and, you know, six months or a year, your blood pressure is great, but now your cholesterol is high, right? So what we do, we iterate it again. And then you come back, you know, another six months or a year, your sugars are high. So we iterate it again. So we start this slow decline, right? Mm-hmm. And we hope we make it to 80. Mm-hmm. And we use the healthcare system to try to slow that progress the best we can. Mm-hmm. But at each step of the way, you know, we're adding it's, – it, it's expensive. You know, we're adding years to your life in that system, but we're taking away life from your years, right? Right. Because we're, we're giving you drugs that are expensive. We're allowing you to accumulate disability and on and on and on. You know, you get diabetes and you have a heart attack and then you get breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer. Then you get Alzheimer's. We have nothing else to do, so you go to the nursing home, right? Right. That's what we call health care. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? There's no reason the curve can't look like this, right? Right. We all got to die. You, you just don't want it to be your fault. <laughs> you know, as, as Kim Williams, the cardiologist, says, you know, you got to take the eye out of die. And so what's interesting about that construct to the point I was making earlier, you know, at age 50, I'm sliding down that slope, right? I've got high blood pressure, borderline blood pressure. I've got really high cholesterol. I've got sleep apnea. I'm going in and out of atrial fibrillation. I've got borderline diabetes, you know, I got allergies, exercise-induced asthma, and I'm just collecting doctors and collecting drugs, yeah. CPAP machines and things like that. Eight years later, I'm back up here, right? Yep. And so if you extrapolate back, when the last time I was that healthy, it is. It's 35-30, 35, 30, 30, you know, 30-35, and that's exactly how I feel. It strikes me. I mean, it's so striking to me that here you are saying that you, you had high blood pressure, the cholesterol, the CPAP machine, the whole kit and caboodle, and you're a physician yourself. Yeah. You're a doctor. And, right. and, you know, I think that somebody who's not in the medical field would be like, well, why is a doctor going through this, you know? Right. It's so striking. Then I think that your story actually carries a lot more weight, a lot more significance. Certainly gives you a lot of credibility with yeah. the people that you're working with. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's true. But, you know, we're not taught about this stuff. I, how no. was I taught? I wasn't taught to treat, you know, high cholesterol type 2 diabetes with a plant-based diet. Right. I was taught to treat it. You know, we might talk about diet, but it was based on the old food pyramid and, you know, just a lot of our, a, a lot of information that that a wasn't based in hard evidence yeah um you know research that's influenced by the drug industry for example yep. right because we all want to practice evidence-based medicine and and so you know physicians have the same set of medical problems as everybody else i mean you know they're overweight they have high cholesterol they're you know i mean i i, I can tell you most of my colleagues my age we're on medicine. They, you know, they, they suffer the same health issues, you know, that everyone else does. We think it's inevitable in our society. I mean, look, 75% of the U.S. population today is either overweight or obese. Right. 66% has either prediabetes or diabetes. 75% is taking one drug for a lifestyle-related illness. We have normalized this being unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? And we perpetuate it because we practice sick care and not health care. Right. And, and so when we normalize it, you know, that's what we expect. And, you know, I hear all the time, well, everyone in my family's got type 2 diabetes, so I'm going to get type 2 diabetes. Well, your genes do not have to be your destiny. No. You know, there's, there's increasing evidence about the epigenetic effect that we can turn those genes on and off by the lifestyle that we lead. And the other thing I find interesting that I've just kind of started to think about, you know, what else do we inherit besides our genes? Our food ways. Yeah. Right? So what food do you celebrate birthdays with? You know, what foods do you have at holidays? 
you know, how, you know, what do you do when you have a family reunion, a barbecue, what kind of food do you bring? We inherit those things as well. Yep. And so it's, you know, our lifestyle is highly dependent on, on, on our genetics, but our cultural genetics, right, if you right. will. So. Yeah. Talk about athletes and epigenetics. I mean, Mark Ramirez, who's been on this show before, is a perfect example. If you're not familiar with him, I highly recommend uh, giving him a follow on social media, at Chickpea and Bean on Twitter. Uh, former Michigan, right. University of Michigan football player. Yeah, type 2 diabetic. F- right, type yeah. 2 diabetic family just ravaged by diabetes. I mean, ravaged. Mark was right there on the cusp of going down that same steep decline, rapid decline as his family. And he goes on this whole food plant-based diet and yeah. just reverses yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see it every day at in the, in the, in the, in the Barnard Medical Center. And, you know, uh, and, and, and kind of what's interesting is, is that if you think about the root cause of all those chronic diseases, it's, it's, it is root inflammation, mm-hmm. right? And, in fact, it's the anti-inflammatory nature of a plant-based diet, yep. which – not only prevents and reverses these chronic diseases, but provides the advantage in a plant and, and for athletic performance. Yep. And so, you know, exercise in and of itself is a is an inflammatory event. Yep. So when we eat a standard American diet, which is again highly inflammatory, and we go exercise, you know, we're we're lighting the fire afterwards, yep. and so we get stiff and sore and such. And and the remarkable thing, I was doing more exercise than I've ever dreamed I could do, you know, on the week, I know on the, toward the end on the weekends, I might go out and ride my bike 70, 80 miles, hop off the bike, run for an hour, it's 90 degrees outside, you know, humid. The next day I might go run for, you know, 18 miles, right? Yep. And, and I'm not sore. I'm not stiff. And I, and I think a perfect example of 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 what how diet influences our performance at the Chattanooga Half Ironman it was um, it was it was really hot there that day and we hadn't had a lot of heat in the DC area um, in, in the early part of in the late uh, in the spring by then and so it was a pretty tough race and um, you know, I finished in about six and a half hours which is you know not blazing fast but pretty respectable sure and you cross the finish line and I'm pretty tired and and, and I, I go to the food tent and what are they serving they've got they've got pizza cheese and pepperoni pizza they've got cheeseburgers serious yeah. they've got they've got they've got chips they had some fruit they have some water and some soda right and some gatorade that's insane so you know when you so now all of a sudden you've got this low burning fire and now you've lit the fire through this intense amount of exercise six six plus hours of exercise and then you're going to go throw gas on the fire when you eat these kind of foods after the race yep and you see people the next day they can't walk down the steps right yep. And, yep. and so i did some a lot of research and i concocted a kind of recovery drink i use it's evidence-based oh really yeah so i use uh, i take tart cherry juice which has been shown montgomery cherries has been have been shown to help reduce delayed onset muscle soreness okay and i i put in some kale and blueberries okay i put in some beets I put in frozen bananas to increase to help replenish my glycogen yep, uh, yep. for the carbs. I add some cinnamon and turmeric and ginger and a little black pepper, and then I put some chia seed. and And so I had a big, huge, like sixty-four ounce shake, you know, waiting for me yeah. back at my transition area after the race. I went in, so I drank that right after. Um, I had to drive ten hours back to DC the next day and was on my bike doing twenty miles you wow. know, two days after yeah. this half Ironman and you know running eight nine miles a day or so after that without being sore and stiff at age sixty that is insane to me right? absolutely that, that I could do that and and you know as I met 
through Game Changers in particular, when I started to talk to these incredible athletes, you know, Olympic medalists and world champions and bodybuilders and weightlifters and, you know, Patrick Baboumian, the strongest man, one of the strongest men in the world, um, they all related the same story, that it's recovery, which yep. was really where, where you get the advantage. Because when you're not hurt, you recover from injury faster. If you get hurt, you're less prone to injury and you recover faster. So that what that means is, you know, you can hit it harder the next day, yep. right? If you're in the weight room or, you know, on a workout. Dotsie talks about this. And, and so, so to me, and, and being able to finally fully experience that, um, the impact it had on me. I mean, I hiked, I was, went up top of White, White, Faust, White, White Face Mountain, in Lake Placid. Yeah, I saw those the, pictures too. The day, the day, that was the day after the race. Was it really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, yeah, wow. so it's crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, first of all, can we get that recipe to put that up on, oh, sure, on, yeah, on yeah. the website? Yeah, because yeah. I, I think it would be great to have Dr. Loomis's recovery shake Yeah, there. yeah. That's no, phenomenal. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, secondly, it just sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other thing I do, by the way, uh, which really helped me is I beet load, actually. Oh, okay. So beets have a, a very potent source of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide uh, um, uh, helps dilate the the blood vessels, mm-hmm. so it, it works to re- it prevent endothelial dysfunction. So, and obviously, we need lots of blood flow to our muscles when we're exercising at a, at a high level like that. And um, uh, there's evidence that um, uh, loading with beats before an endurance event uh, may, in fact, increase your um, endurance capacity by about ten percent. Wow! Um, so I. I roast a bunch of beets and I, I put them in a blender with some lime juice and do a couple of shots the night before and a couple of shots the morning of. Um, and whether or not it helps, I don't know. I think it helps. And uh, But there is evidence behind that. So I really took a, an evidence-based approach to my nutrition during, uh, you know, during the training. Yeah, so what did a, a typical day look like as far as you – with your diet while you were in training? I mean, were you – how many calories were you consuming and yeah, were I, you conscious about all of that? You know, I I, um, I I I was conscious indirectly in that when I was hungry, I ate, and I was hungry a lot. You know, when I was not hungry, I stopped eating. Yeah, I found myself grazing a lot during the day. I drank tons of fruit. I kept. A, I have a huge fruit bowl on my desk. Nice. Um, um, you know, in the morning, if I was really because because my schedule was insane, uh, really. I mean, I was up at four thirty-five. I'd go swim. You know. 1,500 to 3,500 meters in the morning, and then I would um, eat, and then I would come to work and work 12 hours, yep. and then go home and, and, and run five or six miles. I'd typically run home, actually. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, i get up at the same time and then go lift weights and then work 12 hours, and then i go home and hit the indoor trainer uh, you know, for an hour, ride 15, you know, 18, 20 miles on the trainer at night. And um, so, but my diet was what I eat most of the time. So lots, it was based, you know, whole grains, lots of beans and lentils for the protein, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, green leafy vegetables. So my diet didn't change too much. And, you know, again, I, I think that's one of the beauties of a plant-based diet. It's not the diet itself. If you want optimum health, optimum performance, you want to be compassionate for the animals and you want to be conscious of the environment the diet is exactly the same it's just calories is the only difference so i think that the lay person that will be wondering from an athletic standpoint is well it doesn't sound like you made a conscious effort to really increase your protein intake either right and you don't have to and the reason is this, this is very interesting right so so the natural macronutrient ratios of a whole food plant-based diet are about 75%, somewhere in there, uh, 65 75% unprocessed carbohydrate, 15% plant-based protein, 10 15% uh, fat. So 
the RDA for protein is about 0.9 grams per kilogram. Mm-hmm. If you're an endurance athlete, it goes up to about 1.2 to maybe 1.5. If you're a strength-trained athlete, maybe 1.5 to around 2. Yeah. Okay? So if you do the math backwards, if say if you're an average size person, you know, 75 kilos, 80 kilos, and you do the math backwards and you say you're eating 2,000 calories a day because you're, you know, rel- reasonably active. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do that math, 15% of that, the calories is about 0.8, 0.9, right? Yep. Well, I'm not eating 2,000 calories. I'm eating 4,000 calories. Right. So well, how much protein am I getting? Plenty. Yeah, right. I'm getting, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting 1.6, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is right where I need to be as yeah. an endurance athlete. Yeah. You know, if you're a professional football player, you might be in 5,000 calories. So yeah. where are you now? You know, you're 1.8, 1.2, right where you need to be. Yep. So it's not protein you need to worry about. It's calories. And as long as you get enough calories, you're going to get enough protein. And so, you know, um, I, I found, you know, it took me a while to dial in. I tried, you know, I, at first I tried to get fancy and I was making these like uh, uh, sticky rice balls stuff with sweet potato and stuff. But, but frankly, I was so busy, I didn't have time to really get into the kitchen and experiment. So I settled on a commercial product called Tailwind, which is a mixed carbohydrate solution mm-hmm. with some little caffeine and some electrolytes. And I use that as my primary source of energy on the bike. Okay. And then I supplement it with fresh figs and dates. And then I had some, uh, um, some peanut butter nuggets, uh, pretzels, stuff okay. with peanut butter and a little salt for, okay. for, late, for the last half of the bike and yeah. into the run. So worked out perfectly i i didn't really bonk i did get a little nauseated at the end which is not uncommon um at the end of the bike and onto the run because you're you're shunting so much blood to your muscles uh, it reduces the blood comes from your your intestines because you really don't need those mm-hmm. you know evolutionarily uh you know we were going out trying to find food and running away from leopards and we didn't have to worry about stopping to eat till we were finished sure right? and so um um and that slows gastric emptying and, and makes it harder to absorb calories. So that's why liquids, a lot of um, in, a lot of in an Ironman, the focus is oftentimes on more liquid energy, especially when you get to the run. Yeah, yeah. And so I switched to pretty much liquids at the end. Um, um, but but again, I I did a I worked really hard on on fueling myself adequately, and it worked out great. I think the next big question is, uh, you already said that you went hiking the next day. I mean, how did you feel the next morning when you woke up? Was there stiffness? Was there soreness? I mean, a little bit, but not, I mean, not, I mean, I went down to the athlete's village. They had, uh, they had um, um, kind of an awards breakfast and all that kind of stuff. And they they had a a tent you could purchase swag, you know, finisher swag (laughs) and stuff. And, you know, you'd see these people going down the stairs because, you know, they were going down the hill, like Placid's Hilly. You know, there was yeah. almost 7,000 feet of climbing yeah. on the bicycle, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. a lot, right? Absolutely. But the, the, the town itself is, is, is reasonably hilly. And, you know, you'd see people hobbling down the, the hill. It was nothing like that. It was, it was the stiffness I had was marginal at best. Hmm. Yeah. And by the next morning, yeah, it, was, it was fine. Wow. Well, that afternoon's when I went hiking, actually. Did uh, anybody come up to you and ask, like, what's your secret? Why are you fresh as a daisy? No, no. Because I, mean, <laughs> um, um, I was the only one on the trail. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. That's pretty funny. Did you get an opportunity to talk to any of the other athletes there about, you know, the benefits of the plant-based diet? Um, a little bit. And this is, you talk about ironic. Uh, so, uh, the swim they start in waves, so they, you self seed yourself according to how fast you think you're going to swim. So mm-hmm. I was kind of in the middle group, and so you go out onto the beach, and then they put 
each wave into the water and then they wait a minute or so and put the next wave and that's just because the it's a there's 2400 people sure. trying to get into the water and um so I, I struck up a conversation with the, the gentleman next to me who was, uh, um, I think, late 20s, maybe 30, from New York. We got to talking, and, and um, it turns out he was from St. Louis, where I w- came from. Sure. And, and, and I, I don't know how the subject came up, but I mentioned that I worked here and that, that we worked on – we'd use plant-based diet. And his eyes leave. He goes, oh, my mother in St. Louis had breast cancer, and she just went – she went plant-based. And – she goes, I, I think I've heard your name. <laughs> I think I've heard some of your podcasts. My mom has sent me links to it. And so, um, you know, we told each other good luck and, and we did the race. So last week, my good friend Karen Dugan, uh, who's in St. Louis, uh, opened the very first plant-based education, culinary education center in the, in the country uh, called the Center for Plant-Based Living. Very and, cool. and I, uh, I happened to be in town. My kids were in town, and I went to visit and happened to go to the, to the grand opening. And this woman came up to me and said, um, hi, I'm so-and-so, and uh, you met my son at Lake Placid. No! And I came, Karen and I had done a plant-based seminar uh, immersion in St. Louis last summer. We brought in Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Greger and Dr. Stoll and myself, and we had a local gastroenterologist, Fred Williams, who's, uh, who's plant-based. And she had she had met me. I didn't know it because it was in this you know it was there was three or four hundred people at this seminar. She had, she had come to our seminar and and met me before um, and, and such. I mean, what a small world that is for real, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like really like wow, you know, universe aligning kind of thing. You know, man, you're not kidding. Um, I, I want to ask you about game changers before we wrap up here. But um, before I do that, I, I, you used to be the team in internist for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team yes, sir. and the St. Louis Rams before yes. they moved to LA football yes. team. How do you think if you were plant-based at that time, how do you think the players at that time would have received the message of you guys really might want to look at going plant-based? I think they would have looked at me like I had a third eye. <laughs> uh, no, I don't I don't I really don't think they'd be very receptive. I mean, it's very interesting. You know, there is so much bro science in in the locker room and weight rooms, mm-hmm. um, especially with more of the on the strength train side, on the endurance side. You know, there, there are many selling people talking people into um, adapting or understanding or um, learning about a plant based diet for an endurance runner is really easy sell. Yeah, um, you know, Scott Jurek, Ritual, those guys have been doing it for a long time, and and, and that's message. Many of the top ultra uh, uh, marathoners and many of the top um, Ironman triathletes are have moved plant-based strength train world different story and you know so where does their information come from well it comes from you know the the strength and conditioning coaches it might come from the trainer and come they come from each other and it's very much based not in evidence but in you know bro science i call it anecdotal yeah and yep. and you know you would go to the lot weight room in the with in the cardinal locker room there would be literally blenders scattered around with big tubs of whey protein. Oh, yeah. You know, you would go to the pregame meals uh, with the Rams when we would travel on the road, you know, and you would go down for breakfast at 8 o'clock for a noon game, and, you know, there would be steak and chicken breast and pasta because you had to get your protein and your carbs, and, and it, it really was misguided. But that has changed, I think, nowadays, and especially after Game Changers comes out. I, I think – you know, you look at the Tennessee Titans, uh, who, who are featured in Game Changers as well, um, in 
two years ago, I think 13 members of that team ended up going plant-based. Mm-hmm. It was started by Derek Morgan, uh, mm-hmm. w- uh, began that kind of journey. And, you know, he talks about how at first people were kind of making fun of him. And then as they see he's having this career year, leading the league in sacks and, you know, not getting injured. And he's not in the training room all the time. And he's able to recover faster. They're coming up to him. Hey, you know, what is it you're doing again? And next thing you know, his, his wife uh, is actually a, a, a plant-based chef. Yeah, Charity, was, she's yeah, been on the program. Yeah, yeah. was, you know, preparing meals for, for half the team. Mm-hmm. So I think that 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 every day you read about another athlete who's gone plant based, um, whether it be a professional football player, you know, um, you know, I mean, all across the sports world, NBA, yeah. on and on. Yeah, and and that's a conversation, like you said, across the sports world in many locker rooms. I tell the story all the time about a couple of years ago going out to Ashburn, Virginia, uh, where the team here in Washington trains the NFL team, and I was speaking to a gentleman. It was the end of the season. It was week sixteen or seventeen. Literally, they had one game left to play, and I'm I'm interviewing DJ Swearinger. And everybody else in that locker room, I mean, you worked with the players, you know, at the end of the season, oh, they yeah, are walking around like well, it's the it's walking like, dead, yeah, like no, it's right. horrible. And here's DJ just bounding down the stairs like nothing happened, like you the morning after the triathlon, yeah, you know, where yeah. everybody else just can barely move their legs. And here he is just fresh as possibly could be. Yeah. And it's because he's not eating the dairy, the meat, you yeah. know, the, all it's of those inflammation, in, inflammation yeah. things, yeah, you know. exactly right. And it kind of makes me wonder. It's like, well. DJ's a starter. He's a pro bowler. And why aren't more people looking to it? And I think part of it still is kind of that stigma surrounding no, that's it, exactly which is right. it's getting chiseled away right. now. But that bro science is it's it's a tough thing to beat. Right, and that is in fact the exact reason that James Wilkes quit, you know, started the Game Changers project. It was really and truly, you know, because he was in that, you know, he was a mixed martial arts fighter in that in that kind of bro science meat driven world and when he got injured you know started to look around and say what's going to help me recover the fastest and discovered that the roman gladiators some of the original mixed martial artists if you will were were Mm plant-based and and he couldn't believe it because you know he'd never no one had ever told him that and as he started to kind of peel back the layers of the onion and 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 look around discovered the science and all these amazing athletes. And so, so I think game changers, you know, again, as I said earlier, people come to plant-based nutrition for, I came to it for my health. Yeah. Traditionally, veganism's come through compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Increasingly there's interest. There's been a lot of stuff with the uh, fires in the Amazon here recently Mm -hmm. about, about the environmental impact of our food waste. But, and I think the last door that's going to open is going to be performance. And I think game changers really and truly is going to be the film that changes the game because it, it prevents it presents such a compelling argument, uh, evidence-based argument for the performance and health and the environment that touches on the environment as well, uh, benefits of a whole food plant-based diet. And, and, you know, I think that kind of the the hardest group to change are the younger men yeah. uh, because we, we they are ingrained. We've been told by society that, you know, men eat meat and you can't be manly unless you eat a lot of meat and <laughs> you can't get big and strong. And, and so trying to dispel those myths, uh, you know, I've, I've seen the film a few times now and it, it, it is, I, I, again, it is astoundingly good. How did you get involved in this project? So, yeah, this is kind of a crazy story too. So, when I went plant-based in 2011, I didn't really tell anybody, right? Because, I, I mean, I, I, I was just – I was feeling my way. I didn't know yeah. anything. I was just doing it. And I was trying to learn some science. 
and I, I lost a ton of weight. And a lot of my colleagues and patients thought I had cancer or something because I lost so much weight so fast. <laughs> and 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 you know, and I started as I learned more. I think, well, you know, this is good for me. Maybe it's good for my patients, right? So I started to slowly introduce it. Well, one night I was out for dinner with. Um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, and we ran into a professional colleague who uh, uh, I had a professional relationship with, and he hadn't seen me in a while. And he mm-hmm. says, wow, you look great. You've lost all this weight. And I said, yeah. He said, are you okay? Yeah. I, I went on a plant-based diet. Well, it turns out his wife was Susan Benegas, and Susan is now the executive director of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and helps as co-founder of the Plantrition Project, who puts on the, the international uh, 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 plant-based healthcare nutrition conference, which is coming up in Oakland here, uh, actually in a few weeks. Yeah. So she's her eyes got wide, and she says, "I've been in that space. I'm in that space, and I'm putting on the very first one of these conferences. This is eight years ago. Yep. In in Naples, Florida, and I'd love to put out a press release um, about your journey and tell other doctors. So I said, sure. So I wrote it up, and I mentioned forks over knives in the press release. So I'm in the office a few days later after the press release goes up, and I get a, I get a, a phone call from uh, um, Brian Wendell, who's the producer of Forks Over Knives, who yeah. had seen the press release like with Google Alert, and said, that's amazing. I want you to write a blog post for Forks Over Knives. And by the way, my colleague John Corey, who had helped produce Forks Over – helped with the Forks Over Knives project, was working with James in the very early stages of Game Changers. And it had mentioned I'd been the team doctor. said, I want you to – I want to hook you up with James. And this was in the very early stages back – you know, they came out – the initial round, they came out with a kind of a Sony handheld camera and a boom mic in my office. And – as interest in the project started to ramp up, uh, they actually put the project on hold, raised a bunch of money, brought on Luis Ahoyas, who's the Academy Award-winning director of The Cove. Uh, they took a year to really do a deep dive into the psychology of young men, younger men and how they think about diet and, and how they think about dietary change and really and, and kind of did a start a do-over. And, and so the second iteration, by then I had moved to D.C., uh, so I actually flew back. I called my friends at the Cardinals, actually, and they were they had just gone to spring training. They were kind enough to let us borrow the stadium for oh, a day. Oh, that's cool. So I flew out, and we we filmed my interviews in the uh, at the stadium. Good thing there wasn't any real acting going on. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, we have like six or eight hours of B roll from that from that session. Some of which I think is going to be at the uh, some. They're going to have some of the out- outtakes. Uh, at the premiere next on the 16th cool. uh, at the movie theater. And, cool. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of a long answer. But, you know, it's just such a small world that, that if I wouldn't have been at that restaurant that night, I hadn't met Susan. I would have never known about this plant-based nutrition conference. I never would have been connected with Forks Over Knives, who have become good friends. Uh, we've become good friends. We do a lot of collaborative work together. And I never would have got hooked up with James just because I was at dinner one night. And I'd lo- I would lost enough weight that my colleague recognized that, right? And Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's, that's just wild. Man. You're full of – you need to write a book. Um, I will tell you this. You seem like you you are very confident that this is the documentary that is going to really break down the door for athletes on a huge level. Is that because of the names that are attached? Not just James Wilkes, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is part of this. Yeah. You've got the uh, the world's strongest man. He's part of this. Uh, so many other Djokovic. He's part of this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. He's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Like so many on yeah. and on and on. 
Well, I, I think that's part of it because we do look up to our heroes and we do want to look – we do want to be like them. We yeah. want to wear their jersey. We want to wear their – we want to use the same baseball glove. We want to use the same – wear the same shoes. I mean the, the, in, the, in the sports industry, people have figured out this for a long time and there's, you know, there's a lot of money in, in jerseys and shoes and things like that. And we do aspire to be like our heroes. And, and so, you know, if, if we find out, if, if someone finds out their hero is eaten a certain way, certainly that has a tremendous impact on, on their food choices. But I think the other thing that, that Game Changers has done, that James did, James and Joseph Pace, the, the other producer, have done an amazing job, is the science, the evidence. And, and in fact, uh, every statement I made in my interviews that, are, that made it into the film and then the hours of outtakes that didn't, I sent James a stack of scientific references. And in the film, whenever there's an expert talking about science, the reference is on the screen. No kidding. And that's going to be uh, cataloged onto the website. So I think the other thing is is that there is no bro science in this movie. It is all evidence-based, and they explicitly made it a point to, to emphasize that, that everything in, this, in the film is, is evidence-based. And that's really, a power, that's really powerful. For sure. Um, so to not only see your real-life heroes, you know, performance and such, but to know it's based in sound scientific evidence is really, you know, an amazing combination. So I, I think you're right. I think that the kind of the, the, the role model part that the athletes play themselves, but I think the backed up by the science, I think it's that combination, that kind of one-two punch, if you will, is, is really what's going to make this film. And then, the, you know, having Louis as the director, I mean, he, he, was, he was phenomenal. Um, and um, it, it's really, I mean, it, 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 you will be blown away uh, when, when you see it. Well, here's, uh, I, I want to end with this. So all of the science, the research that's used, relatively new-ish, but the concept of performance, uh, benefiting your performance based off of your diet is nothing new. Exactly. And a vegetarian diet specifically. Right before we started rolling, you said you have to Google this. 1907 football mascot. Googled it. 1907, an yeah. entire college football team went vegetarian. Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, um, um, yeah, it was it – was, uh, a patient sharing that, that with me this morning. So I found this interesting article. Might be interesting, and, I, and I read it. I was blown away. It's, a great, it's, it's really amazing. You know, uh, there was a vegetarian cycling club in Britain in the late 1800s when cycling was really all the rage. And um, uh, so on and on. We've known this for a long time. There's been many vegetarian athletes, you know, th- through the years. and But they've been kind of looked at as – you know, kind of out there. Yeah. And, and I think now, you know, becoming now that we truly understand the science behind it. And again, it's not just not only are you going to perform better, but you're also going to be healthier in the long run. I mean, you yep. look at you look at, you know, the expected life expectancy for an NFL, a retired NFL lineman's in the mid 50s. Right. And and so so not only are you going to get the benefit while you're playing, you'll get the benefit of good health when you're when you're done and when you retire. And, and, you know, again, it's this ability when we're young, we have the ability to chronologically age but stay biologically young. And when mm-hmm. we're older, we have, we're still going to chronologically, but we have the ability to become younger next year, truly. And, uh, and by the way, uh, Game Changers is uh, going to be premiering in theaters worldwide on September the 16th. Yep. Uh, you can get tickets. Uh, by going to GameChangersMovie.com, putting in your zip code, and it will pop up the theaters in your area. And um, I would encourage everyone um, to, to, to 
you know, gather up friends and family and, and neighbors and coworkers to go see it because it really is a game changer. And I, I can't tell you how proud I am to be involved in that project. I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing this film. I've heard it basically since I signed the contract to start doing the exam room here at the Physicians Committee. It's, have you seen Game Changers? And like, no. And I've been purposely holding off on seeing it because I want to see it with everybody else so I can be part of that whole big, oh, wow, that whole yeah. enlightening moment. So on September 17th, when all 16th, of the, 16th. No, what, oh. what I'm saying is, oh, so when ah. people wake up on September 17th and there's this huge conversation oh, going on, yeah. I want to be there. No, man. right, right. I want to be right I, there. Th- yeah, yeah. That's going to be very interesting, and I'm, I'm just uh, so honored to be part of this, and um, and I, I know it's it's really going to be. I think it is going to again change the game. All right, man. Jim Loomis, thank you so very All much. Right, and by the you. way, if you're in the Washington D.C. area, he is not just a man on a documentary or on a podcast. He is 100 uh, percent up at the Barnard Medical Center, right. the medical director. That's it. Thank you. Check yeah. it out. BarnardMedical.org. Dr. Jim Loomis, thank you, my friend. All right, thank you. Game Changers is in theaters for a special screening one night only, September 16th. Head over to GameChangersMovie.com right now. Find out where it's showing in your area and get your tickets. I really think that this film is going to have a tremendous impact. Think about the other big documentaries that have hit in recent years. Talking about Forks Over Knives and Food Inc. and What the Health. I think that Game Changers will be at that level, if not even higher, because there are so many A-list athletes in this film sharing their stories. It's kind of hard to imagine this film not blowing up. And you kind of get the sense that it's going in that direction just based off of who's interested in it. Not even just the people that are in the film, but who is interested in it. They just had the big red carpet premiere out in Los Angeles for it. A few days later, they had it in New York. And you want to talk about a who's who in sports and in health? Those are the kind of people that were on the red carpet. Looking through photos, some of our people here from the Physicians Committee were at the red carpet premiere in New York. I'm telling you, Serena Williams was there. John Stewart was there. So many people were there taking it in, all interested in the connection between a plant-based diet and athletic performance. And now is your chance to see the film that everybody will be talking about. Head over to GameChangersMovie.com right now to get your tickets. Before we move on and bring on Nolan Rodman, I just want to take a second to say hi to the fine folks up at the Twin Cities Veg Fest in Minnesota. That festival coming up on September 15th in St. Paul, and I really wish that I could be there. Really hoping that I'll be there next year. If you go there, you you take a look at their lineup, it's extraordinary. But what particularly piqued my interest was the cooking demonstrations that they have lined up. They've got something called a vegan fondue party. Not fondue, fondue. The fondue party with Dustin Harder. How cool is that? Plus, they've got gluten-free baking demos and a how-to demo with summer salads. And I love the fact that they're doing that in the fall. Because really, in the kitchen, it's always an endless summer, isn't it? 
right? That's the coolest thing, right? So check these guys out at tcvegfest.com, Twin Cities Veg Fest on September 15th up there in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, by the way, we would love to bring the Exam Room podcast to a veg fest near you. So if you're an organizer, if you're involved in any veg fests, or if you just have one coming up in your neck of the woods, please reach out to those organizers and say, hey, why don't you get the exam room and the physician's committee on board at this? We would so love to come out there and tape an episode. So shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter at Chuck Carroll WLC. That's Carroll with two R's, two L's, and the WLC standing for Weight Loss Champion. So Instagram and Twitter at Chuck Carroll WLC. Send me a message and we would love to take the exam room on the road to a veg fest near you. Now then, let's make like Lewis Hamilton and shift gears. Lewis Hamilton, by the way, famous Formula One race car driver. Amazing. This guy's a world champion. Oh, and oh, by the way, he just happens to be plant-based. And oh, by the way, Dr. Neil Barnard, also a huge fan of his. Anyway, so let's make like Mr. Hamilton and shift gears and let's go back and talk more about vegan athletes. Right now, I'm going to be speaking with a gentleman who is about to give a plant-based diet a whirl for the very first time. Nolan Rodman is his name. He's still young, but he wants to know what all this buzz is about. So we brought him in to document his journey. And oh, what a journey it is. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Weight Loss Champion Chuck Carroll here, as always. Follow the show on Twitter at PCRM. Be sure to like the Physicians Committee on Facebook as well. And so long as we're doing social media plugs selfishly at Chuck Carroll WLC, the WLC standing for Weight Loss Champion, good for Twitter and Instagram. Now then, everybody who goes plant-based goes plant-based. You know, there's, there's an adjustment period that comes with it. You're ditching the meat, you're ditching the dairy, something that you've probably been eating your whole life. And for some of us, that's a radical change. Others easy, but we're going to talk to a gentleman who actually works two floors below us here at the Physicians Committee, just made the leap one week ago. We're going to track his progress. This is a three-week experiment for him, and hopefully it will stick for a lifetime. With that, we welcome to the show Nolan Rodman. Nolan, how you doing, bud? Good. Thank you for having me on. It is absolutely my pleasure. Now, question for you. Let's let's start here. Why did you decide to try this, other than all of us going down in your grocery store, you know, <laughs> carrying the plant-based banner? Yeah, so uh, I've been um, health conscious for a while, and my diet uh, has, like, fluctuated between... Um, being healthy and conscious and not and uh during the summer especially it's easy to kind of get caught up in a lot of social settings and things and you just kind of start forgetting what you're eating and where your food is coming from and a lot of different things like that so uh i think one of the employees here had approached me about doing some testing and things like that and i was very interested in finding an excuse to try and be healthier for for uh i'm actually going to go 30 days so okay more good than, deal yeah good deal 
and we're doing some testing too. So we'll do uh, all of uh, my blood work and um, my uh, metabolism and other tests uh, before the 30 days, and then we're going to mm-hmm. do it after. So you are a full-blown test subject. That I, so, I am. I, I am the mole. I say. <laughs> so then they already have your your pre uh, diet blood work, correct? Yeah, they have they have all of that. Are you comfortable talking about that at all? Yeah, sure. What uh, did you see? Anything that needed improvement on there? Um, I was like my body mass index was like slightly too high in the abdomen region, right? But for the most part, it was all very normal, healthy, middle-of-the-road numbers. Right. There wasn't anything that was too crazy. But having said that, I'm very active and athletic, and so I want to see if I can get those numbers to improve. Sure. Um, especially coming into fall because I'm like a washed-up you know, athlete and I still play sports, and I want to see if I can – you know, get back in shape and stuff like that. Yeah, you look like a pretty fit guy, pretty muscular. What do you play? Uh, I play a lot of soccer, and uh, I run and do yoga, and um, yeah, there's the main sport. I play a lot of golf lately. Okay, but that that's like my that's my retirement plan. That's like when I give up on yeah. soccer, <laughs> I'm going to go into golf. And there's nothing wrong with golf. Golf was actually my first job in high school was uh, being a maintenance man at the golf course. And to this day, Nolan, it was the single greatest job I ever had simply because free greens fees, my mm, friend. That is nice. Um, so you're an athlete. You're you're young. Like, what are, what are you, mid-20s? I, yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm 28. Okay. I actually used to be younger. It, so did I. Yeah. Yesterday, I was a day younger than I am today. I know. That's it's typically crazy. how it works. Yeah. So, 28. Um, when when you were first approached about this, I know that you said that you were looking for ways to become healthier. You're always looking at your options there. What did you think about the plant-based diet, going vegan? Was that something that you had considered before? Not really. Um, it was always, to me, seemed like a little bit extreme and that I would be cut off from so many things and there would be so many situations that I would have to alter um, in my day-to-day life. And it's kind of funny because I'm a week in and I felt that like the situations are not nearly as dramatically different as I thought they would have been. Mm -hmm. And I've also been cooking a lot more and I've been making a lot more of my own food. So I've been saving money there. I feel um, better eating. Like I used to not eat breakfast. Right. And now I'm making breakfast every morning. And it's been good. It's been good so far, weekend. So what uh, what was it that you were concerned with specifically not being able to eat anymore? Um, there was never one specific item, but like, you know, having coffee with milk uh, is just like an easy thing. And then cutting that out, not that it was like the biggest deal in the world, but it was just another little small thing and like a couple of things add up, but... I mean, it's it's nothing, like, overly dramatic for me. Um, having said that, you know, I'm only a week in, so sure. it hasn't been, like, I'm a month in, I've run out of ideas or right. something like that. But right. 
what I've been doing is following a lot of people on Instagram and a lot of, um, you know, different chefs and things like mm-hmm. that who are making cool vegan stuff. And I've been trying to prepare some of that stuff at home. So, you know, making uh, ram, my own ramen or making vegan tacos or uh, chia puddings and different oatmeals in the mornings and just different stuff like that. So it's been fun. And my girlfriend, she gets... Uh, the benefit of all of that as well. Yeah, okay. She likes. She's been eating good. So you you didn't just dip your toes in the water, man. If you're making chia puddings and experimenting with oatmeals, man, like you're diving right in, man. Head first. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a man's got to eat. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, what's your favorite thing? Because I, I asked you that question because the great thing that I found about going plant-based is that the foods that you ate before – there's just another way to prepare them. So really, you don't even have to miss it. Simple one. You just talked about your coffee. Now, you rolled in here today with coffee and some sort of, quote, unquote, milk in there. What are you, what are you using now? Swing? Yeah, so now I have uh, – it's uh, Nut Pods is the name of the company, and they're uh, nut-based milk. Um, so I have that in my coffee, and it tastes great. Yeah. I love it. So no problem, right? Yeah, no problem. Now, you, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, you work downstairs at the grocery store, Rodman's. It's Mm -hmm. uh, your family grocery store. Um, You're around food all day. Yeah. Does that, I assume, make it easier for you or or a little bit more difficult because the temptation is there? Well, let's just say when you're hungry and you're stocking, you know, gummy worms or different types of things, (laughs) you want to, you know, rip open a bag and just go at it. But... um, Interestingly enough, within the last like three or four days, I haven't, like I said, I've been eating better. I've been making my own meals. I've been preparing my lunches and breakfast. I feel better at work without like getting cravings. I used to not eat as much breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so I would roll into work and, you know, I might just rip open a bag of X, Y, or Z item you know, without thinking about it as much. And um, just to give you, like, um, a synopsis of, like, how the progression has been over the last week. So, like, I started uh, last Wednesday, today's Wednesday, and the first couple days, so Wednesday, Thursday, mainly those two days and a little bit Friday, I was feeling, like, hungry i had cravings i was like kind of feeling a little bit like antsy and i was getting a couple of like mm-hmm. little headaches and i don't really get headaches and stuff like that but i was feeling like a little bit of that the last three days i am like super high energy i wake up i feel good i'm like been working out i feel really like i just feel cleaner yeah it's an interesting feeling yeah. i don't really know exactly how to put it into words but it is like i feel tangibly different than i did you know a week ago yeah i I liken it to changing the oil in your car so it it functions but it's got a little bit of debris in there it's a little bit thick and then you change the oil and then suddenly man like you you're you're yeah i feel like i'm running on premium right now there you go that's that's a great way to put it so what you're experiencing is something similar that I went through and I, I think a lot of people do is is that is like that little bit of a detox period. But then, you know, your body adapts, yeah. you know, and you start getting used to it and your body's like, oh, well, this is kind of what I should have been eating all along. So you're feeling better. And that's that's the boost of energy that you're feeling right now. And I think that 
And you'll also experience over time, your taste buds will change because your brain literally gets rewired. I was speaking about this with Dr. Michael Greger over the weekend. Um, if you don't know who he is, definitely look him up. Um, over time, you, your brain just, it adapts to what it is that you eat. And so if you eat something that's really salty, mm-hmm. say last week, your last meal was something really, really salty. By the time these 30 days are up, if you have a high salt food, you're going to be like, ugh, so you're not salty. you're not going to like it anymore, right? So you're going to back back off of that. Same deal if you ate um, like a really sugary cereal, like a Captain Crunch or a Fruit Loops, and yeah. then you go and you eat a piece of fruit. Well, the piece of fruit's going to taste sour, but then after the thirty days, you're going to love the piece of fruit. You taste that cereal, you're same same kind of deal. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's it's been it's been cool, and um, I. Uh my my digestive tract feels better. Like uh, I noticed sometimes I did like a couple of fasts just like for two and I've even done three-day fasts. Mm-hmm. And I feel my body creating more energy because what a lot of people don't know is how much your body uses to just digest and metabolize and breathe and do all those things. Um, I think they ran the test on me and they said that I, I burn about 1,800 calories with my metabolism a day, which is relatively normal for most males my age. Right. And when you're not burning a lot of calories or as many calories on, you know, foods that are processed or foods that are not really probably meant to be digested, they're not as easy to, to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, you're using a lot more energy there. So now I feel like I'm not using that. Like the foods are going through my body better and I'm getting more energy for like my brain and yeah. for just like day-to-day activities. It's it's interesting. And quantitatively, I've been doing the same workout. I did it uh, last Wednesday. I did it Sunday and I'm planning on doing it again today. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm seeing what my results are it's just a 30 minute run right and it's basically like how far can you get on the treadmill and so the first day i did it i made it like 3.5 miles okay and that was the first day of veganism and i felt horrible doing it i had you know just it was bad i had to turn (laughs) the treadmill down you know, slow down a couple of times. This the last time I did it, I went to a yoga class before mm-hmm. I ran. Then I ran, and I was turning it up. So I like went like three point eight, I think. There you go. Yeah. So it's been better. And then um, this time, you know, hopefully I'm going to do it again today. But I don't see why I can't, you know, get over four, four and a half. And that's just for the record with like a warm-up in there built sure. in. It's not of course. like... Of course. Yeah. No, nobody's talking about going cold. Um, were you worried at all, um, because you are an athlete, and uh, this, this question comes up all the time about where do I get my, my protein, protein, right? Was was that a concern for you? Um, you know, it's funny. My Somebody asked me that, too, and I was like, you know, no, it's not really a, a concern as much. I think that people are so like protein obsessed. There's Mm -hmm. just like protein. I don't, I've never felt protein deficient at any point in time or like, uh, that there's like a lack of protein out there for you to get. So, 
Um, now I've been eating a lot of beans and legumes and um, pasta and different things like that, nuts and stuff. So I've been getting, I think, enough protein through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. And, yeah. Um, you know, protein, fiber, all your nutrients. I mean, that's actually that's uh, in my in my so. I make a morning smoothie now too, okay. and I use a little bit of uh, pea protein mm-hmm. in that, and so that uh, I mean, like if you're feeling like you're not getting enough protein, there's like so many ways you yeah. can get protein yeah. very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as not as hard as you think. I'll tell you this: like I've had the opportunity to speak with a great number of athletes since I've been doing this show, um, and they all kind of say the same thing: it's like it's not a concern. And as far as a performance level, not only do they not lose muscles, a lot of them will put that on. But I always tell the story about last year going out to uh, Washington's football club, their training facility. I interviewed uh, one of their uh, safeties, a guy by the name of DJ Swearinger. I don't know if you're a football fan. He's uh, he's primarily plant-based. Mm-hmm. And um, this was late in the season, so it's like week 16. Yeah. And everybody else there is just shuffling around, like can barely pick up their feet. And yeah. like, he, here he comes just like bouncing down the stairs, just like – is as fresh as could be i could see that and it has to do with inflammation and recovery time because dairy and meat i mean those are big time inflammatories in your system so if you eliminate that you're going to recover so much faster so maybe you'll experience some of that yeah i'm, I'm interested to see that because right now i have like a little bit of a knacking shoulder my left shoulder and a little bit of a knacking right hamstring so i can feel it you know here and there yeah and uh you know if those things can go away and I can stay healthy for, you know, a whole season, right? that would be awesome. Well, nobody's saying you, you won't get injured, but <laughs> what course, we're saying is hopefully course. the recovery time will, will be a little bit quicker. So uh, one weekend, what I want to do is bring you back uh, at the end of 30 days, mm-hmm. and we'll just get a check on you. We'll see how your BMI is doing. We'll see how your blood levels are. Even though you said that you were middle of the road or average, I can virtually guarantee you you're going to see market improvement in a number of categories. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the results are. You're going to want to stay tuned because we will have part two with Nolan on next week's episode. The results are in. Now here's the scoop. We want to get our message and this research out to as many people as possible. Talking about weekend warriors, pro athletes, your friends, your family, everybody. But we need your help to do it. And one of the easiest ways to do that is just to head over to Apple Podcast, find the exam room by the Physicians Committee, and give the show a five-star rating and subscribe. You see, the higher the rating we get and the more subscriptions we get, the more eyes, the more ears hit this show as possible. So help us out because you're sharing inspiration and literally helping to change a life at the same time. So go ahead and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and we will love you for it. And you can also still give us a five-star rating even if you've already subscribed to the show. So thank you in advance. And speaking of the show, 
What an awesome show this week. There is so much promising science and more than enough testimonials from some of the biggest names in all of sports, and they all point to the benefits of a plant-based diet for athletes. We've talked a lot about the fact that plant-based diets are taking over the NFL, but the secret is out. It's out in the NBA as well. Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Ennis Cantor, Jaleel Okafor all have made the leap. And then in tennis, there's Venus Williams and figure skater and Olympic medalist Megan Duhamel. So many others now fueled exclusively by plants. But remember, you don't have to be a world-class athlete yourself to experience these benefits. Think about Dr. Loomis's story. 60 years old, just completed his first Ironman triathlon. So why not? Just try it out for yourself and see what happens. What do you have to lose? Do your own experiment just like Nolan is doing, and then let us know how it goes. Obviously, we want you to consult your doctor as well before you make any radical changes, but make the switch and let us know how it goes. Maybe even share this show with the athlete in your life and give them the challenge. We would love to know how that goes as well. So tweet us or you can find us on Instagram and let us know. I'm at Chuck Carroll WLC in both places. That's Carroll with two R's, two L's, and the WLC standing for Weight Loss Champion. And the Physicians Committee is at PCRM on Twitter and spelled out at Physicians Committee on the gram. So give us a follow and drop us a line to let us know how it works. And we'd also love to answer some of your questions on the show as well. So send those to us and we may even get those answered on a future episode. And here's what you will be hearing about next week. In addition to the results from Nolan's plant-based journey, Dr. Vanita Raman will be making her debut on the exam room to share her moving journey. After immigrating to the U.S. as a child, she quickly began to put on weight, and it wasn't long until her health began spiraling out of control until she got a little bit older and she decided to fight back with nutrition. You were in high school. That's a fragile age for yeah. a person psychologically, and here you are packing on the pounds. How was that year for you? Oh, it was terrible. I I remember um, one day I was going to the pool with my sister, and I looked down, and I couldn't see my toes. Mm. And I thought, where did this belly fat come from suddenly? Um and, and suddenly nothing was fitting. My clothes didn't fit. I couldn't dress the way I wanted to. And, I, and it was really hard as a teenager. You know, I knew this wasn't right for me. This is not what I wanted for me. And I struggled with it, but I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And mm. I didn't know it was the food I was eating because I was eating what everyone around me was eating. So I thought it was normal. Right. And coming from a culture where I felt deprived of it and now I suddenly had it, I felt privileged. I didn't realize I was creating this long-term problem for myself. My health deteriorated. So I started to develop allergies on a regular basis. I had asthma. I remember in gym, they would ask us to run around the track, and I couldn't go around the track once because mm. I would start wheezing. And, and I didn't know it was asthma. I just thought I couldn't run. And then as I got older, I developed other problems. 
And this is even harder as as a healthcare professional because now I'm in medical school. I feel like I should know. Right. I should know what to do. Right. And then one day I was just talking to a friend of mine from med school and, you know, just about my health struggles and my issues. And he recommended I I read a book called The China Study. And that was this big epiphany <laughs> of what I, what was missing in my medical education, you know, that there is this vast field that we are not taught about and nutrition. And then it all kind of made sense why um, chronic disease is hard to treat with medication or surgery alone, why I was struggling with the issues I was struggling with, even though I thought I was eating well and exercising. When right. In fact, I wasn't eating well. Right. I just thought I was. That segment is all about weight loss. It's a moving half-hour conversation, and I really hope that you will join us for it. Dr. Raman, by the way, she is also about to start a 12-week weight loss program right upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center here in Washington, D.C. So if you would like to take charge of your health as well, head over to barnardmedical.org and sign up for that. Would love to have you. As I understand, as of right now, there are about 20 or so spots still available, so you better act fast. Not many seats left. But as for this week, that's all the time we have. So my thanks again to Dr. Jim Loomis and to Nolan Rodman for their time and for coming on the exam room. And remember, The Game Changers, that film is in theaters September 16th. Gamechangersmovie.com for tickets. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, keep it plant-based. <laughs>